Hi ho, ladies and gents, and welcome to the Agent Carter radio program by Fantastic Geek. In January 2015, we'll be bringing you the lowdown about the television series dedicated to that dandy dame, Peggy Carter. My name is Matt, and joining me each week is one real ace, Pete. What's buzzing, cousin? Greetings, Matt. How are you tonight? I am so excited to be here at the microphone talking to you about Agent Carter. Yes, yes, very exciting times, and we look forward to the latest addition to the Marvel Cinematic Universe this January. We are uh, dropping this episode, of course, in October. I think our hopes are to do maybe another one with whatever news we have in November and December before hitting the ground uh, running with uh, the series each week. Uh, the night that the episode airs, we'll be dropping a podcast episode offering news and analysis, etc. Yes, and for those of you that listen to our Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast, um, the the format will be a modified format to that. Uh, era appropriate, of course. Indeed, and with that, Pete, should we get to our first segment? Indeed. News! In this segment, we run down the top stories of the episode and give you the latest and greatest in the need to know. Pete, tonight we talk the secret footage that we viewed at New York Comic Con. Yes, very exciting. Over the weekend, we were the first outsiders uh, from Marvel to see footage from the upcoming Agent Carter show, which again will bow in January, Marvel head of television Jeff Loeb um, was on hand along with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. star Clark Gregg. And uh, when Jeff Loeb revealed he was wearing a Hydra T-shirt beneath his button-down T-shirt, Clark Gregg came out to admonish him for that uh, and then told him he needed to make it up to both him and to the fans on hand. He did that by first showing. Matt? Well, first he showed us a full-length episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which was just absolutely fantastic to see. Yes, and, and not quite the makeup you thought it was going to be, given that it was on the agenda. It was on the <laughs> schedule. Um, but what was next was not. At the end of the episode, um, you know, Loeb made like he was going to shut things down and Clark Gregg came out again and he said he still had not made it up to us and he demanded we see something, you know, nobody's seen and he produced a uh, DVD from his leather jacket um, that was purported to contain uh, a scene from Agent Carter. That was shot on Monday. We viewed this on Friday. Given that it was completely edited with music, I had a little bit of a hard time buying that. But given that um, Dominic Cooper, who plays uh, Howard Stark, Tony Stark's father, reprising his role from uh, Captain America, the first Avenger, um, that that signing uh, took place September 30th. We at least know it was shot sometime after then. And uh, certainly it was it was quite a surprise. It was great to see kind of the, the flavor of the show. And Pete, 
what exactly happened in that uh what scene and a half that we saw yeah um i was taken aback immediately by the aesthetic and it's not easy to shoot um you know for a specific period um everything took place at night we had a vintage car roll up on a pier uh, there was an overhead shot where three people uh, were seen getting out of the car, one female. By the way, Pete, I believe in the 1940s they called those new cars. They did. One of the new motor carriages. <laughs> Go down and see the boys from Ford. <laughs> but um, they, uh, they went down to uh, a dock where Howard Stark was explaining to um, – Peggy Carter, played again by Haley Atwell um, of uh, Captain America, of both Captain America movies to this point. Um, and Stark was explaining that he was on his way to Europe, that uh, he had to track down a paper containing a formula for a substance he's worked on that's powerful enough in small doses to level entire city blocks. And that only a few people were capable of even trying to peddle uh, this, uh, explosive, uh, material that he had manufactured. Um, uh, Peggy then returned to the car where, uh, Stark's Butler, Edwin Jarvis, who's being played by James Darcy, another Brit. So we had a scene here with three British born actors, um, two of which were using their British accents. Um, <laughs> was the only thing I had a little bit of a hard time with was James Darcy's accent as Edwin Jarvis. Jarvis, of course, will later be the namesake for Tony Stark's uh, AI in the Iron Man suit. So obviously this butler will make some kind of uh, Alfred-esque impression, if you will. Ooh, crossing the, crossing the, uh, the companies there. The streams, too. Yeah, watch <laughs> out. So... Um, Jarvis explained uh, apparently there had already been a conflict between Carter and uh, Jarvis. He had uh, apparently um, sustained a possible concussion uh, from her. We don't know how. Um, and he said he would help, but that he and his wife have to be in bed by nine o'clock, although he has already once caught the help pocketing the good spoons after bedtime once. We then quickly flashed to um, – a, a very rapidly cut action sequence of Carter. Well, Pete, um, Pete if I may interrupt, yeah, 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 his statement of him and his wife in bed by nine o'clock. Um, I, I think he had some sort of question like, why, what do you do at nine o'clock? Or even if he didn't say that she then fed off this whole nine o'clock bedtime thing by saying words, to the effect of nine o'clock is when I just start getting to work. Then cut to her beating the hell out of a guy in a kitchen um, a, a mustachioed bad guy before he went out a window and then the Agent Carter title card. Certainly an exciting start and um, and well summarized there by you, Pete. Thank you. What lunkheads deserve some time in the joint? This list of baddies will tell us just that, Pete. Well, apparently, uh, this guy who just got ejected out a window, he might deserve <laughs> some time in the clink there. Um, we don't have a name. We have a mustache. And that's about it. Um, and then there's the baddies, Matt, I'm sure, that are probably associated with the remnants 
of the public face of Hydra at that time in history um, who have uh, taken Tony Stark's uh, material, or sorry, Tony Stark, Howard Stark's, and are uh, synthesizing explosives from them. Probably not the first time between you and I will will mistake Tony Stark for Howard Stark, not in you know actuality, but just kind of tripping over the two words because uh, <laughs> we've spent so much time with Tony. Now we get to uh, flash back to dear old dad. Yes. Um, I would imagine that, uh, you know, Hydra is going to be the biggest bad in this series. And again, I mean, we're talking eight episodes to this point. It remains to be seen if this is even a TV show that they're going to extend past this. For all we know, this is their foray into an extraordinarily limited series. And there you have it. Um, Yeah. Fair enough. With that, we will keep things moving. Classified Top Secret. Holy mackerel, time to take a gander at what the G-Men don't want you to know. Pete, my first question to you, this explosive material that Howard Stark is going to investigate, do you think that in this first pilot episode we're going to jump into Hydra stuff, or will we take a step into kind of a larger world of nefarious ne'er-do-wells? I think it has to be connected to the Hydra threat, at least initially. Whether something, you know, crops out of that, so much of what Marvel is doing apart from guardians of the galaxy right now is connected to the downfall of shield and, uh, the revelation that Hydra had infested it for 70 years. So I think in weaving the story into that, they have to weave out of that. And, um, you know, uh, Avengers age of Ultron will really be, the, the full extrication from that storyline as we move from the Hydra threat, which is still in that film, to things even scarier than the enemy within. It's, it must have been an interesting discussion uh, amongst the Marvel TV higher-ups to broach that very topic, simply because the Hydra threat is so current in that it is a current threat on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which is both preceding and following Agent Carter in, in, in you know the overall TV season. Flip side, I don't know. Do we really want to have spent – do we want to spend all of the 2014-2015 Marvel TV broadcast season fighting Hydra? I think there are pros. I think there are cons. On further flip side is – Agent Carter, as a series, needs to figure this out pretty quickly. There are only eight episodes, so it's not like you can say, well, we'll do two with Hydra, then we'll do a couple kind of standalones, then we'll do with this. I mean, uh, you're going to be two two episodes into the first season of Agent Carter, and you will be at the one-quarter mark of, of the season. So things need to move in, in a rather, I won't say quick manner, but a rather compact manner. And um, well, I guess time will tell in January. This explosive, Matt, is this going to be something we've heard of before that uh, Howard's son will be utilizing? Um, will this be something that will be played into uh, Avengers or even Ant-Man, which is now rumored to have its own flashback type of sequence? 
I think it's possible, but they need to be careful that it's not kind of too inside baseball. Now, the notion of it having a reference to Ant-Man and the older, you know, the, the 60s, 70s Stark, that I think is a better bet um, just because, A, that movie's already written, so that's a fixed point that, that the show can latch on to. Um, second, it's a little bit less... Um, shall I say direct in that if there's tons of time where agent Carter is talking to the agents of shield storyline, um, it's going to feel a little bit too cute because we know that we as an audience are meant to be watching both. Whereas yes, of course, we're also, you know, we're, we're meant to be going to the movies as well, but there's just a little bit of a, of a time buffer, uh, of a style buffer. And it, I think it would be too cute if it's like, too many times where it's like, and here's Peggy Carter's second 084, which Coulson just found before right. they wrapped up their fall episodes. Like, that would just be, I don't know, not challenging to us as viewers. That would just be right. carrying things from week to week and calling it a different series. Um, Africa is going to be a location in uh, Avengers Age of Ultron. And I'm just wondering if maybe, although that seems to deal with uh, maybe something found in the mines of Africa. And Europe's a long way from Africa, but you never know. You could just cross the uh, the borders there. Wondering if that might become an issue. And uh, Matt, do we know of any um, Marvel superheroes who hail from the darkest continent. Well, I do know that the uh, the project that Hydra had in Captain America 2 to uh, wipe out all those uh, questionably powerful people did also identify uh, some people in Africa. So certainly the hopes of um, perhaps future Marvel adventures taking place with characters from there, I guess time will Black tell. Panther maybe? Could be Black Panther. You never know. Absolutely. Then maybe they found Marlon Brando in Apocalypse Now. Yeah. And you never know. <laughs> One other note from me here, uh, classified top secret. So uh, Jarvis, we now know, is based on a person. Um, what will happen to Jarvis? Will he you know, live a nice long life here? Or caught up in Peggy Carter's adventures, will he die prematurely, uh, thus leaving such an impact on a young Tony Stark? I think certainly it'll be interesting to see if they do anything with that in the course of eight episodes, uh, perhaps, you know, explore it in a further second season. Um, I Well, Pete, I think now is a good time to stress to new listeners that while we certainly are fans of the Marvel Cinematic Universe and of Marvel Comics in general, we're not kind of deep down nitty gritty Marvel Comics guys. So uh, if I'm incorrect in what I'm about to say, uh, that's the explanation. But I believe that in the comics, Edwin Jarvis is Tony Stark's, Tony Stark's, I do stress that, uh, actual you know, butler. And they didn't want to carry it over to the movies because it felt right. like a, a, uh, a, an Alfred ripoff, which it was. Um, so the fact that they've kind of, I won't say retconned, but they've kind of reconned him, if you will. Right. Um, it, it, it's a good use. I think so, and I'm I'm interested to see what Darcy's uh, gonna come with here. Then tell me, future boy. <laughs> here we take a wacky look at references to Marvel's past and ours in the future. 
Pete, we didn't get a ton of that in in this uh, scene and a half. Of course, there is the Jarvis stuff that that you've referenced. Um, however, I thought something else um, that was kind of touched on was just this notion of, wow, Peggy Carter's a different kind of lady. She goes out at night to, you know, get into fisticuffs. <laughs> um, again, slightly playing off of, you know, gender, gender stereotypes and whatnot of the era and something that I imagine the show is going to play with. Or, you know, whether it's like, cigarettes, they make you stronger. Ha ha. Just, I, I imagine there's going to be those sorts of jokes in addition to the, you yes. know... One day, maybe a man will fly in a metal suit, you know, lines like that. Exactly. And, you know, <clears throat> there aren't it's amazing. It's 2014 and there still aren't yet enough strong uh, female characters for my taste on TV. And it makes the few that we get that much better. And the idea that, you know, this this story coming up this abbreviated series to this point is really so hinged around the wonderful Haley Atwell and the idea that you know we'll see her out there kicking butt and you know the sexual revolution will be decades away um it's exciting it's exciting to see that in a superhero universe not even so much at the time when this will be taking place i mean captain america is it and he's now lost in the ice so you know it'll be a different kind of show between the period that it's shot in and um you know the subject matter that they'll deal with and you know i got a real noir feeling from the footage which i'm fine with and uh i'm i'm really looking forward to them hearkening back to that age. Cause I, I think they did that really well. Um, you know, in the original captain America film and, um, from what we're hearing with flashbacks coming in the next two Marvel movies. Absolutely. Certainly, uh, an interesting road ahead with that. Pete will take out a nickel. Long distance. Pete, a particular focus for our long distance is the iTunes. Tell us more. Well, the iTunes is a newer device that will allow you to uh, wirelessly, fancy that, uh, download information and content from your computer machine. And uh, if you go to iTunes and search Fantastic Geek and uh, the Agent Carter series or our Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, podcast, whichever it be, we love your reviews. And we're going to be offering a special premium, Matt, to the first two reviews we receive for Agent Carter. Indeed. We were able to get some small uh, posters from New York Comic Con that have Agent Carter on the one side and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. on the other. Pete, would you say they're about... 12 by 18, something like that? Uh, yeah, I think a little bit bigger than okay. 11 by 17, um, but suitable for framing on either side. Really, really nice. And uh, our gift to you with the first two Agent Carter podcasts by Fantastic Geek um, reviews on iTunes. And we just ask that after you've sent the uh, the review in, you know, it takes a day or two for iTunes to process it. Do just send us a quick email with uh, the name of your iTunes, 
you know, the, the way your iTunes username appears in reviews, uh, just so that way uh, we can correctly identify who it is and, um, and be in touch to mail that out to you. With that, Pete, you are practically a person of glitterati fame. How can people be in touch with you? On Twitter, you can find me at Peter, P-I-E-T-E-R-J-K-E-T-E-L-A-A-R, 4,317 followers. Can't be wrong. Wowee. While I am personally on the Twitter as Looking Back Lost, you can be in touch with the radio program by being in touch with Fantastic Geek. That's fantastic with a PH in plenty of ways. Send an electronic letter to us on the Gmail, post a note on the .com, or tweet us your telegraphs on the Twitter. Don't forget, Fantastic Geek is the way to go. With that, I'll say goodbye, good night, good luck, one and all. Pete, what wacky words will you close with tonight? It's 9 o'clock, Matt. You know what that means. Lights out. <laughs>